This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. I thank God I've been delivered from dead religion and I never want to get into ritualistic movements ever again. I don't do stuff just because it's time to do it. Amen. We serve our God out of a heart of passion. And when you see a life change the way that testimony has been changed, and you know your life has been changed. I know some people say, you know, let's just keep it a little quiet. And that maybe you haven't been through what I've been through. Maybe you haven't been through what some people, yeah. But there are people, yeah, that have been delivered literally out of the jaws of hell into heaven. And for that, we will not be silent. We will praise our God and we will forever make a noise. Come on, give him praise. Give him glory. Hallelujah. Have you come to do some battle tonight? Am you ready to see some victory tonight? We serve a victorious God. Amen. We've come for change. I don't ever want to leave the same way I came in. Hallelujah. We're not yet just to smear some icing on the cake. No, we yet to change the cake. We yet to be different. We yet to give God our, the glory. Amen. And I thank God for Dr. Stephen Beverly for making a night like this available. What a precious couple they are. What a gift they are to the body of Christ. And thank God we get to call them our spiritual father and mother. Can you give Jesus praise that you're in a house of God like this? Amen. We honor their vision. We honor what God's doing in and through their lives. Father, we thank you tonight as we've come to hear from you. I'm so cautious that I be just like Jesus. And when he said, he only says what he's heard you say. That is my desire. None of me, all of you. Let your word speak and every human's opinion be silenced. That we hear the voice of heaven. That as I speak your word, Lord, that I would diminish and you would be everything. And so it's by your grace that I may speak your word with clarity and accuracy. And as I do, my job is done. You carry the word with your power and your fire and take it deep in the heart of every hearer, causing faith to rise and dispelling all forms of fear. As minds are renewed to your word, understanding replaces confusion. I believe that each and every person here tonight is transformed from glory to glory. For this we give you alone the praise and honor in the name of Jesus. Family, if you are ready to receive, would you shout an amen? amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Open your Bible at Galatians chapter 3. How many of you were here this morning or last night? Now, if you were not here, make sure you get the message because we spent some time having a look at the great exchange. Everybody say the great exchange. I'm going to move very quickly through some highlights because I want to get to where we're going tonight. Because tonight, we're going to see people set free where they've been struggling for years of bondage, broken in an instant. I don't care whether it's in the mind, in your body, in your finances, in your relationships, whatever you have been struggling with in life. Tonight is the last night that thing has a hold on you. Can I get a bigger amen? Verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Why? 
so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Everybody say the great exchange. Say this, Jesus is the blessing, and he became the curse that me, getting quieter and quieter. Family of God, if we want to be set free, we need to confess these things tonight. Amen. We're not just here for a show. We're here to work with God, to see ourselves delivered and set free. Lift your hand and say, Jesus, who is the blessing, became the curse, so that I, who was cursed, may be blessed. Hallelujah. Say, I am blessed. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, that God made Jesus to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Hallelujah. Jesus never committed any sins. The Bible says He was tempted in all things, yet without sin. And in that total sinless state, He was made to be sin. Not because of sins that He committed, He was made the very nature of sin. So that we, even though we never did any right on our part to be righteous, we could receive the righteousness of God. Everybody say the great exchange. So get the idea. We were not sinners because we sinned. We were born into a sinful world with a sinful nature. And so as sinners, we would sin. And now Jesus, who was righteous, took on that sin nature. And when he took on that sin nature, he also took all of those sins. He took all of sickness, all of disease, all of Everything that you could imagine happened to the mind of a human. Every poverty, every debt, every lack, everything the curse could possibly throw at you, he conquered and then transferred his righteousness into you. Lift your hand and say, I have been made the righteousness of God. We saw in Colossians chapter 1 verse 18 that he is the head of the body of the church in who is the beginning, who is in the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that he may in all things have preeminence. Say this, Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. Now remember John 3.16 called Jesus the only begotten son. So he was the only begotten son, but today, praise God, he is no longer the only begotten son. He is now the firstborn from the dead. Everybody say the firstborn from the dead. What does that mean? In his death on the cross, he took on sin, sickness, disease, lack and poverty, everything the curse could possibly throw at you, and he died with it, and he paid the supreme price in hell, and then was raised from the dead. He's a man dead in sin, and then raised back to life. He was born again. Hallelujah. Say this, Jesus was born again. Born back into life. Hallelujah. Now he's the firstborn. That means there's a second and a third. So we see in Hebrews chapter 9, come down to verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. Now listen to this. Cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. That word cleanse, in the King James Version, calls it purge purge 
is different to than just cleaning. As you probably heard Apostle Theo teach, like uh, when you talk about what the blood of Jesus did, imagine if we spilled some paint on this carpet here, you would see it. But because, you know, we need to have the service and needs to look nice and whatever, we quickly throw a rug over it. That rug would cover the paint. You can't see it, but it's still there. That's what the blood of bull and goats did in the old covenant. So once a year they would have to sacrifice. The blood of the animal would cover the sin, but it wouldn't remove it. And so what we'd have to do is then clean the carpet. Now you can imagine you get somebody in here and they clean the carpet and, you know, you can't see anything. But if you got a forensic scientist in here, they would find the chemicals left over from that paint. They would say there was paint here. Have you ever watched CSI? You know, they come into a room that they think there was a murder and it looks like it's been cleaned. You smell, it's, it's totally perfect. And then they get out that luminol and spray it all over the place, put the lights of a boom, there's blood all over the room. Because it wasn't cleansed. Are you with me? It was cleaned, but not purged. But imagine you got the best chemical available and you got into the carpet and you cleaned it in a way that it co totally canceled all the chemicals in there. That when the scientists come and they inspect it, they say this carpet is actually cleaner than that one over there. It's like there's never been any paint or dirt or anything on here. This is better than the original. And that's exactly what the blood of Jesus did in your life. When he got into you, he didn't just clean your sin out. The blood of bulls and goats covered the sin. But when Jesus' blood was offered, it purged your sin. Wiped it out. Gone. There is no more reference to it. It has totally been removed. That's what we mean by the word purged. And here it says that it even purged your conscience from dead works. Hallelujah. Lift your hand and say, my, my conscience has been purged from dead works. Now look at verse 15. For this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. For where there is a testament, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. What does that mean? How many of you have ever had a family member or someone close to you pass away and they left something to you in a will and testament? Let me see. How many of you have ever been, received something from a will? Now you know that when the will is written... That person's alive. They're saying that when I leave this planet, then I'm going to leave all this stuff to my, my, my wife, my children, my, my, my brother, sister, whatever. And you describe what you want to happen. Then what happens is the person dies. That will is not in force until the person dies. That's the purpose of a will. But once they die, that will comes into effect. Now, normally, a lawyer will get hold of that, call the family in, and then begin to read it out. Now, you know some families, once they start reading, all of a sudden, they go, hang on, wait, wait a moment. What did he say there? No, that's not what he told me while he was still alive. I spoke to him last week, and he said, this is mine. Come on now. Now we've got a discrepancy. One person says, and this is the will, but they said, and now, how do you know God has established his promise as a will? As a testament, that's why we call it the New Testament. 
It is his will. God's designed his plan and his purpose. This is his will. But for the will to come into effect, he had to die. And the moment he died, the will was activated. Hallelujah. And Jesus died, activated the will. But he has the good news. He came back from the dead and he is the lawyer and he is the one. So when the, you know, when the, when the wicked stepbrother comes in and he tries to say, no, that's not what God meant. Jesus, excuse me, I wrote it. The man who wrote it is personally overseeing the covenant. Come on, give Jesus praise. He is the mediator. Hebrews 8 verse 6 says he's the mediator of a better covenant. Everybody say a better covenant. So we learned in, Proverbs, in Romans chapter 8 verse 29 that he's the firstborn amongst many brethren. He's the first man to be born again. Isn't that amazing that in the Godhead is a born again man. He's still 100% God, but he's also 100% man. Why? Because he had to set the precedent. When Jesus died, he died as a man for the sin of man. He paid the price as a man for the sin of man. And when God raised him from the dead, he didn't convert him into something else. No, he rose from the dead as a man. He stepped back into his man's body, stepped out of the grave in his human body. And as a man, interacted with other men. And then he ascended on high. And as a man, sat down at the right hand of the heavenly father. Come on, give Jesus praise. Now, in that resurrected state, as a man, it says that he also called you, and whom he called, he also justified. Those who were here this morning, what does justified mean? Justified and never sinned. Hallelujah. See, family, that is God's grace. It's his overwhelming power to treat you, his overwhelming desire to treat you as though you'd never ever sinned and when Jesus paid the price for your sin it was wiped out of existence get a hold of that your sin was wiped out of existence there's not even a record of it your book is blank hello see if you judged in the court of law even if they call you not guilty notice they don't say innocent because they're not sure but they'll say not guilty. And then that not guilty record is kept on record. So you go around, you, 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 you're free. You never committed a sin. But that little thing still follows people. Isn't that right? That little record's still there. You can say it's not guilty. Yeah, but I wonder. But here's the thing. When Jesus got a hold of you and he said, you are not just not guilty. You are declared innocent, free. It's like you've never, ever committed it, and there's not even a file on you. It is wiped out. You've got to get this, because if you got, the devil's called the accuser of the brethren. If he ever shows up to you and tries to call you out on the sin that's been paid for, and he says, yeah, but you this, you say, just stop right there. Go talk to my lawyer. I now have an advocate. His name is Jesus. And if the devil dares to try to take that one on, he's going to come to Jesus now. Let me talk to you about Alan. I saw him do this yesterday. And Jesus is going to look at him, look at me, check the record. And he says, I don't even remember him doing that. 
I don't even remember. The Bible says the blood of Jesus is so powerful, it even purges God's memory. Oh, come on. You've got to give him praise. Hallelujah. I'm just warming up. I'll get more excited later. Okay, so now have a look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. We have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. How? Through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Now, it says there, the word of God, which, but the word is Jesus. He is alive. Now, the word that the Father spoke is what raised Jesus from the dead. That's incorruptible seed. Now, have you know, when Jesus came out that grave alive after sin and death and be paid for, you see, he was held illegally because he had never committed any sin. And so when God was satisfied, all sin had been paid for, he spoke the word and Jesus came out of that grave of incorruptible seed. How do you know Jesus will never die again? It's born again. It's incorruptible seed. You see, corruptible seed means it can rot. It can break down. But family of God, when you're born again, you were born with the same word, the same power. When you said, Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior, the same word of God raised you out of death into God's life. It is incorruptible seed keeping you alive today. Come on, give Jesus praise. Say this, I am born again of incorruptible seed. Now look at 1 John chapter 1. Verse 9, how many you realize that we probably will commit a sin again? Come on, how many of you, since you were born again, I know it's a long time ago, but just think way back, you've committed at least one sin since you've been born again. Let me see. Okay, if you haven't raised your hand, get it up quickly because you, you're touching on, on, on dangerous ground there. It's called lying. So we've all sinned. But Jesus paid for all sin, past, present, or even what's still to come. What happens if we do sin? 1 John chapter 1 verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to, there's that word again, that's the purge. That's that purge, us from all unrighteousness family if you've purged unrighteousness what's left righteous oh come on you gotta get this i that's why i don't get christians when they try and run away from church when they've done something stupid we all do stupid things from time to time isn't that right when you do something stupid don't run from church I say, I'm too embarrassed to go to church. No, you get in front of God immediately. The moment you sin, you don't, don't feel embarrassed about it. Just go straight to God. You did sin. Yeah, you, you messed up. Yeah, you shouldn't have. And yeah, you should have good been. And yes, you should have known better. We know all of that. We've all been through that. How many of you have done something? You think, man, I'm supposed to be a Christian. We know that. That's why Jesus died. The moment that happens, you immediately say, Father, that's what Jesus died for. And I plead the blood of Jesus. I confess I sin and I receive your forgiveness. And the moment you do, you are purged 
and righteous. Hallelujah. You could have committed a sin five seconds ago, confessed it, and the devil has no more hold on you. <laughs> He'll try and say, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but you, you confessed last time. Yeah. And it worked then as well. Hallelujah. See, sometimes people get nervous with this. I find some preachers do too. They say, you preach this way. You give people a license to sin. Hey, listen, I found out people sin without a license. This sets you free. I said, this sets you free. You've got to understand the power and the grace of God. When Jesus confronted that woman with, with the, who committed adultery, and he said, where are your accusers? When they all walked away, he said, now, neither do I accuse you, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And I always looked at that like an instruction. Go, don't sin ever again. And that is true. He's, he's giving an instruction. But I really believe when Jesus speaks, it's a blessing. And when, the, when she encountered grace and he said, now go, sin no more. I can guarantee you in that area of life, she never ever sinned again. Because she had received forgiveness. She received mercy. And that receiving empowered her to overcome that sin in the future. When you understand grace and the righteousness of God and empowers you to look at sin, and the next time that thing shows up, you go, give me a break. You trying to tempt me with what? I no longer live that way. I'm now righteous, and I'm choosing righteousness, and I'm choosing right as my way of living. Come on, say, I've been created. I've been made the righteousness of God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. The law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never, with the same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. For then would they have not ceased to be offered. In other words, if the blood of the bulls and goats worked, they would never have to offer it again. How many of you know Jesus' blood has been offered once, and he's still alive on the mercy seat? Notice what happens as a result. The worshippers once purified, there's that word again, purged, would have had no more consciousness of sin. In other words, that's what the blood of Jesus got right. It's said that you've been purged and because it's been done once and Jesus never has to offer his blood again, you have had your consciousness purged. And notice it says here, you've been purged with no more consciousness of sin see the devil wants to always remind you about your sin keep telling you about where you messed up where your weaknesses are where you struggling and battling come on how many of you have lived that life we say i don't want to do this i really don't want to do that folks don't want to do this. don't want to do and the thing you don't want to do is the thing you land up doing because what you focus on you'll end up doing and now you've been cleansed from the consciousness of sin and family of God I want you to receive it tonight and say I no longer have a consciousness of sin I am now righteous conscious if you ever thought that you lost the deal or you got you you landed up in debt or whatever and you say that was because I'm being paid for my sin if you ever thought I got sick or, or whatever because I did something wrong that's a sin consciousness you've been cleansed from that I said you've been cleansed from that you now have a righteousness consciousness. Hallelujah. 
In other words, I don't care that even if what I did caused my problem, God sent his word to heal me and deliver me from my destruction. Even if I messed up. Even if it's my fault. I've been forgiven of the sin. I've been forgiven of the guilt of the sin. And I've been forgiven of the consciousness of that sin. Totally cleansed. Totally cleansed. Totally cleansed. See, the devil has us thinking we got to pay now for what we did. Uh 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 uh. That's why Jesus died. Yeah, I did mess up, but he forgave me. And in my forgiven state, he will get me out of that situation. Come on, give Jesus praise. If you're getting something tonight, how many of you can sense freedom in the room? Come with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Hold on to your chair tonight. Verse 15. Paul writing, he says, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you. I make mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? He's saying that your eyes be enlightened and that you know the glory of this power. And he says here, what is the exceeding greatness of this power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. It's the same power that got you born again is the power God used to raise Jesus from the dead. Got that? Now with that in mind, listen to this. And so when he raised Jesus from the dead, he seated Christ at his right hand. Where? In heavenly places. Where? Far above all principality, all power, all might, all dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Family, how do you know when a doctor says to someone, you have cancer, he just named something. That thing has been named and it's under Christ. The moment he says, you know, the doctor says, you got to learn to control your diabetes. No, don't give me that. You name, don't name me diabetes. It may be something that's affecting my life, but don't name it. Because if you name it, it's under his feet. Debt is named under his feet. Lack, poverty. The moment someone says, you poor, that's a name. Put it under the feet of Jesus. It is under his feet. Hallelujah. Now listen to this. Verse 22. And he put all things under his feet. And gave him to be head of all things to the church. Which is his body. Which is his body? Which is his body? Where are the feet? In the body. Not just his head. Hallelujah. I don't care if you're the little lost little spot on the bottom of Jesus' feet. It's still under you. Hallelujah. And listen to verse 23. Which is his body, the fullness of him, who fills in all, all in all. 
Chapter 2, verse 1. And. I don't know why they put chapter 2 there. You don't start a sentence with and. You don't walk in a room and say and. Just put a line through chapter 2 there. You keep it for reference, but notice. We're getting the knowledge of Christ. Christ raised from the dead. Christ seated at the right hand of the Father. He's put above all principality, power, might, dominion. Everything that's named is under his feet. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as others. But God, but God, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive Together with Christ, by grace you've been saved and raised us together and made us sit together where? In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Come on, give him praise if you're getting this tonight. Jesus was raised from the dead, seated at the right hand of the Father. At the same time, you were raised and you were seated at the right hand of the Father. Child of God, can you see who you are? Get a hold of this. Your physical body is sitting in a chair here in Johannesburg. But you, 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 your spirit, you being, you, 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 you are seated in Christ, in heavenly places. Where? At the right hand of the Father. That is right. Come on, stand to your feet. Give your Jesus praise tonight. Say, I'm raised to life. Family of God, you got to see who you are. You're not someone struggling to get to heaven. One day when we get to heaven, you're already there. I said, you're already there. Your eternal life's already begun. One day this body's going to check out and you're just going to take up where you already are. You're not going to go to heaven. You're there right now. I still get people look at me like, huh? You see, get rid of this local sin consciousness. Become righteous conscious. The day you are born again, you are named a son of God. Jesus is the son of God. So are you. And if a son, an heir, and a co-heir with Christ. And when you see yourself that way. Can you see Jesus walking amongst the crowds in Jerusalem? He had no problem walking up to someone with leprosy. Everybody else stayed away from them. He had to run to unclean, unclean. And people ducked and dived to get away from these people. And Jesus went right up to them. Why? He was righteous conscious. That thing can't get on me. You can't put sickness on life. He had no problem with that. Can you imagine a demon jumping off a man and onto Jesus and overpowering Jesus? Can you even see that happening? Why? He's light. 
They tried to throw him off a cliff many times. Many times tried to kill him. And they just look, where's Jesus? Where's Je you had him. No, I thought you had him. He's, he's gone. He just walked away. Why? Righteous conscience. You can't hold a man who's righteous. You can't lock a man in jail. You can put this body in jail, but you cannot lock up the man that's born again. There are people in prison today that are more free than people that are walking around because they understand they are righteous sons of God. you got to get a hold of this. I don't care who tells you They've cursed you. They've put a hex on you. They've put some mooty. You might come home and find some mooty and stuff on your, on your stoop. You just look at that. And <laughs> you're kidding me. What's this stuff, man? Yeah, but they cursed me. No, you're the light. You're the blessing. If you're the blessing, the curse cannot touch you. You can't put darkness in light. You can't. You can't. This room tonight is light. If someone went to go fetch a box of darkness and threw it into the room, what would happen to the darkness? Yeah. Where's the darkness? Light exterminates it. When you understand that when Jesus bore away every sin, family of God, that sin's been removed out of your life. How do you believe that? How do you believe that? You sin free? You believe that? The same moment he took sickness. And if he bore that sickness away, it has no right in your life. So if Jesus took it, destroyed it, and then a symptom shows up in my life, what is that? It's a lie. It is a lie. You got to get that. That's why I stop doctors right in their tracks when they say, you have. Oh, wait a moment. Don't say me. Me, born again, child of God, resurrected, in life, righteous, seated at the right of the Father. Sickness and disease cannot get me. Now, you may have found something in my body. That's a whole other issue. Now, you have the expertise to fix the body. Go for it. Me, I'm work on me. I'm going to keep my praises high, keep rejoicing. Thank you, God, for life. And as I rejoice in that life, that life begins to work on my flesh. Doctor, you work from the outside in. I work from the inside out. And together, we'll conquer this thing. It's a whole different attitude than breaking down and crying. You getting this? Because if a doctor says to someone that you have got and that person breaks down and cries, so, oh my God, oh my God, what's going to happen? Then that shows me they haven't yet renewed their mind. Nothing wrong with that because we all start there. But to, you want to get that ready before you land up there. I said you want to get ready before you land up there. You need to be ready before you land up there. Come on now. When they train an army... They do a lot of drills in the field before they put them on the battlefield. They don't give them a rifle and say, yeah, go fight. And when the first enemy shows up, what am I supposed to do with this thing? No, they drill, 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 drill. What happens if an enemy does that? You do this. If an enemy comes here, you do that. If you're going to go, that's how you respond. You need to drill that into you. So the day the doctor pulls out a report and says, ah, that's exactly what I'm dealing with here. You're in victory. Hallelujah. 
that torment, worries, concerns. You got people serving Jesus. I've watched it. They're busy singing to God. Hallelujah, glory in Jesus. But you can see their eyes are. They, they're thinking about that bull, that problem at home. And, they, and, they, and we're singing, you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. But <laughs> the joy of the Lord is my Why? Because they, they sin conscious. Family God, not any amount of worry is going to save you. You're never going to worry yourself out of problems. Receive righteousness consciousness tonight. I believe tonight, people that have been struggling with something, it's just like that little thing holding on. You're totally free. You're walking. You're serving. You're loving God. You walk. You, you, you sing. You read the word. But there's this little thing holding. Could be something in your body. Just this loss. You know you healed. Everything else is working. But this one thing. Or your mind. It's just this one issue that constantly badges you. Could be a, an addiction. You've got rid of all the other addictions. You stop swearing, stop smoking, stop doing, you stop doing. But what about this one last thing? You say, man, I just want to break that. Tonight's your night. Tonight's your night. Just lift your hands in front of God tonight. Just raise your hands. This is your God. This is your time. This is your moment. This is your moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Say this. Tonight, I receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. I receive the gift of righteousness. Father, I have sinned, but you've already died for that, Jesus. Tonight, I confess it. I plead the blood of Jesus. And right now, that blood speaks of my forgiveness. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. I am cleansed of all unrighteousness. Right now, I am the righteousness of God. I am righteous. I am righteous. I am righteous. God says so. So devil, hear me. Now you speak like you're speaking to somebody. Don't make this a religious just incantation. No, say, devil, you try to take on my life. You try to take on my family. You try to take on my finances. You try to take on my relationships. You try to take on my mind. And I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Not my name, not by my righteousness, but by the righteousness of God. You have no right. And you have no authority. And I cancel every foul curse, every foul attack in the name of Jesus. I destroy their work and I resist you. Get out of my life. Get out of my mind. Get out.
my family. Get out of my business. Get out of my finances. Get out of my body. Get out of my life. In Jesus' name, now flee. Now, Father, the devil is fled. He is fled. He is fled. Say it. He is fled. He is fled. I see it. And I receive your grace, your righteousness. Right now, I'm cleansed. My body's cleansed of all sickness and disease. My mind is cleansed of all evil, every worry, every concern, stilled in the peace of God. I receive the peace of God. I receive the life of God. I receive the fullness of everything you paid for on that cross. I am forgiven. I am free, I am healed, I am rich, I am strong, I am well. The divine life of God flows through my body, through my mind. I am free, I am free, I am free, I am free, I am free. Come on. Give him praise tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise him like we're praising him. This is not a little clap for hand praise. This is a cry of freedom. This is a cry of victory. Come on, lift your voice and give him praise. Glory. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 